Hey guys, Dustin Wynn, and you're listening to Bat Force Radio. Hey, this is Scott Snyder, and you're listening to Bat Force Radio. This is Paul Dini, listening to Bat Force Radio. This is Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman, and you're listening to Bat Force Radio, so stay tuned. Welcome back to Bat Force Radio, the DC Batman podcast with no limits, and we are going to be doing another episode of The Stack tonight, reviewing some of the new books for DC Comics, um, and uh, we got a mega-sized issue because we got a good amount of awesome books that have uh, come out, but more importantly, um, we recently, a couple of weeks ago, interviewed uh, our uh, hero, Sean Gordon Murphy. Um, just this past week, we also interviewed another heavy hitter, Libra Mayo. However, none of that holds a candle to who, who we were able to get tonight. Um, oh. Returning once again from Chicago, the Trunkler himself, ladies and gentlemen. We also got Robin D. Cross from Canada. Yeah, yeah, nobody cares. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, I'm Bat Force Tom from uh, Southern California. Uh, like I said, uh, Trunkler, this is a big get for us, man. Really happy to have you back. Uh, I'm sure it feels <laughs> good to be back. Absolutely, yeah. it's always a pleasure talking with you guys. Yeah, and it's also uh, it's also good to have you uh, here with us to be able to um, you know speak for uh, Deep Dish Pizza as it has been being bad mouthed without you um, in its in its place to fight for its honor. So we won't be having any of that tonight. But uh, like I mentioned, um, massive week for DC Comics. We're going to be going over Justice League issue number one, which is Scott Snyder's first uh, at his run with the Justice League. We're also going to be covering Batman issue. Is this 49? 48. 48. So two more issue, one more issue, and then we got the wedding. So this is um, another lead up to the wedding. We're going to be going over Batman prelude to the wedding, I believe it's called. Yeah, yeah. this is uh, Nightwing versus Hush. Nightwing vs. Hush, and then we're going to be going over Man of Steel, issue number two by uh, Brian Michael Bendis, his second issue, um, at his new position as a Superman writer. Uh, and we're going to probably round things off with, uh, was it uh, Deathstroke, I think we talked about? Yeah, Deathstroke 32, it's uh, part three of Batman vs. Deathstroke. Cool little Batman crossover in that. Um, like I said, those are just some of the books that came out with DC uh, this mm-hmm. week. There's a a lot more. There's Harley Quinn. I saw Green Lanterns, um, a few others. So just a massive Wonder Woman annual. Wonder Woman annual might have some que- might have some answers to the questions we were asking about off air. So that might be good to check up on. But, uh, it uh, was actually a separate thing. Uh, I saw it. Uh, I looked real briefly at it. It looks like it's something completely different. But okay. we'll get to that. Cool. Um, but let's dive right into Justice League issue number one, written by Scott Snyder. Um, they stole uh, artist Jim Chung from uh, Marvel Comics, I believe. Yep. Is he officially uh, signed on for DC, or is he still kind of a freelancer? Uh, I 
think from what Scott was saying before was that they they brought him over and uh, and signed him to an exclusive. Oh, cheers! Um, his art was cool in this issue, but uh, let's do a little bit of a recap uh, for those of you guys who have read Scott Snyder's stuff. With you know, if it's any indie books, if it's uh, Batman lately, a lot of the Batman, a lot of the um, uh, metal stuff, um, very very deep, very intricate kind of layered storytelling. And um, this has a little bit of flavor of that, but we were kind of talking off air too that uh, at least what I enjoyed about this issue was Scott's really kind of changing up his style for a team book. Um, there's only so deep you can dive with one character with a team book and kind of forget about the rest. Um, I feel like the way he's going uh, with this first issue kind of shows that... Um, it's going to be a little bit more balanced. Um, he's really focused his writing to kind of tell a greater story of a team. And uh, even though it's jam-packed with story, it felt very, it felt a lot quicker paced for, for his writing. Um, and I just overall, I felt like it was a really cool, well-rounded book. I mean, we were geeking out earlier about the little nods and little cameos that he's thrown in. Felt very... Um, Jeff Johns felt very. Uh, you you talked to him in a in a DM on Twitter, Robin. What did he say exactly? Uh, yeah, really briefly uh, spoke to Scott today just after reading it. Uh, see, uh, so what he said was uh, he's going for a magisterial grand tone, and that he's never tried omniscient narration before. So he's sort of. Uh, uh, taking like a Len Wein, Jim Starlin style in this. Yeah. And you could tell, you could definitely feel, we were kind of joking too, that there's a plot point that we'll get to, but it's very like golden, silver agey, like ridiculous over the top plot point, but it's very kind of like, I mean, it's totally within the character's uh, um, <laughs> like repertoire to be able to do things like that. Um, but just kind of uh, over the top, old school. Anyways, so this issue starts out with uh, basically where No Justice left off as far as what constitutes the Justice League. Um, at the very beginning of the issue, there's kind of a prelude to something that's coming later, which is kind of, it looks just like a shooting star basically at the beginning, but it teaches us later on what it is. Um, they show the Hall of Justice. They show... Uh, all the different members of the Justice League, uh, Wonder Woman basically saying that it's all or nothing. So there's going to be what it sounds like a um, swiveling roster of Justice League members based off of the costumes that we saw on display in the Hall of Justice. And that's one of the things I like about this. Uh, it's sort of a blending of the recent stuff because this whole series is a result of the fallout of Metal and of No Justice. So we have all of that recent uh, flavor to it, but he's also throwing it back by bringing back the Hall of Justice mm. and like the iteration of the Hall of Justice, where it's like this this public place. You know, like it's some of it at least is like a like a museum that's open to the public. That's uh, we don't see that uh, happening much lately. Yeah. Um, as the uh, issue goes on a little bit, we see that. Uh... The Justice League are fighting the uh, Neanderthal uh, gang that uh, Vandal Savage, old school badass villain, um, who's been around. He's he's old as shit. Uh, he's been around for forever. He's kind of been in and out of DC history, but um, his his gang is attacking the Earth. And on top of that, 
there's a mechanism or there's uh, an energy that they're using that's separating the crust from the Earth itself. Um, so Martian Manhunter, you can tell, is kind of like out in space. And he's kind of like um, orchestrating what the Justice League's doing and telling people where to go and what to do. Um, yeah, he's uh, like a satellite link-up. Yeah. They're all uh, speaking to each other telepathically through, through Martian Manhunter. And uh, as he's telling them, you know, what to do, it's it's kind of uh, explained that there's only kind of one way to stop the energy that's separating the crust from the Earth. And he tells Batman, oh, we got to detonate those bombs that are on the moon. Remember those ones that you put up there a while back? Batman tries to bullshit on me. He's like, no, I don't. I, no, what are you talking about? I did not put bombs up there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, uh, Batman has fucking bombs up on the moon, I guess, that for, I, I don't know why he has them up there, just in case he has to blow up the moon at some point, but, um, I guess he was just ready for the crust to separate from the earth, but it's badass nonetheless, and Martian Manhunter... Uh, he, he got tired of too many times just out of the corner of his eye seeing the moon up in the sky and rushing out thinking it was the bat signal was on, <laughs> and then he gets up to the roof of the GCPD and it's not turned on. Oh, fuck. Son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Martian Manhunter explains that plot point, and as they're getting ready to do that, uh, rather, as they do do that, I and I the first read-through, I didn't even get that, like, at the top right corner of one of the pages, the moon fucking explodes, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a subtle... It's a subtle yeah. thing to be happening. Yeah. In the, like... Yeah, well, like, on the page... Per, on the page previous, you have Martian Manhunter turn into a giant fucking green dragon. That's true. So, yeah, it sort of outshines the moon blowing up. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then the moon blows up. He's still linked up with the members of the Justice League, and they're uh, they're communicating and planning out uh, what they're doing in a basic like tele- telepathic war room, essentially. Um, right as the moon blows up, the Neanderthal gang is, is telling <clears throat> Vandal Savage what's going on. And Luthor shows up, um, explaining to Vandal Savage uh, that he's there. Basically, he's there just to steal his fucking his fucking lair. Um, yeah, very he, much. <laughs> and Lex, Lex just Lex shows up and eats Vandal's lunch. Yeah, yeah. He fucking <laughs> he fucking takes the uh, he takes that like doorknob, that invisible doorknob that represents uh, the key to the secrets of the multiverse, I guess. And uh, starts to smash Vandal Savage's head in and does so. And as he's doing that, uh, Martian Manhunter, Vandal Savage knows he's going to die. And Vandal Savage decides to release his secrets telepathically into the ether. Uh, I guess knowingly telling Martian Manhunter all his secrets in the process of the past yeah. and the future. So yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure if he was specifically giving that information to to John Jones or yeah. if he was just like it was just like a, a he was just screaming yeah. everything that he had in his brain out there kind of like maybe message in a bottle style yeah sort so of just, just fucking letting it go because he knows he's gonna die he might as well you know say it anyway so Martian Manhunter picks up on all this energy and all, all this telepathic information that um, Vandal Savage is releasing and as he's doing it he breaks the connection with the Justice League and he's left alone and he's left by himself and we get a flashback of being on Mars and explaining you know what happened to his family and that was one of the most fucked up like panels ever 
Uh, yeah. Won't get into too much detail. You just got to read the issue because it's pretty heart wrenching. <clears throat> um, with that explanation and specifically showing you what happened to his family and kind of where he's coming from and why he does what he does as a superhero. Uh, and then in a really sick montage, it shows us as he's like really receiving all this information from Mandel Savage. Um, and there's a little monologue going on in the background. We see, we see things that are, I guess, from the future. We see images from the past. And we've been looking at that image a lot and kind of trying to tease out what exactly we're looking at. Um, and we're pretty sure that one of the characters that we see from uh, uh, that panel is Adam Strange and what looks like Luthor crushing or killing him. Um, after that, it looks like there's someone buried in the sand and it talks about uh, uh, releasing abominations. So it's probably someone who should have stayed dead or stayed buried and it's not. Then it talks about releasing demons or releasing creatures from from space or from the multiverse, uh, which we think is probably alluding to possibly some more dark nights from metal still being around and coming forward. And then it shows yeah. this giant doorway with what looks like uh, an old school looking dark side. And in Scott Snyder's universe, he introduced baby dark side back in metal, um, which uh, I guess was sent away and hidden by Batman and then we're not sure yet what happened to Darkseid. So maybe this is kind of like a foreshadowing of the fact that he might be coming back. But um, Martian Manhunter gets that information. Cut back to Vandal Savage's lair where, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Luthor has smashed his freaking head in. And then we see members of the uh, Legion of Doom show up with uh, mm -hmm. Joker, uh, Cheetah, Black Manta. Who else is in there? Am I missing anybody? Grodd, Sinestro. That's right. <clears throat> Yeah. So I think that's setting up um, a little bit of uh, the Legion of Doom coming back into the DC universe. I think there was also another book. Was it last week that kind of did a nod to that too? Was it um, one of the uh, No Justice issues, I think, maybe, was talking about that? But um, very cool. Or maybe no, actually what it was was a solicitation for, I think, Justice League issue four or five, where they're on the uh, fucking cover of it. So. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Anyhow... Um, just a um, crazy issue with crazy mm -hmm. shit and uh <laughs> the moon's gone the legion of doom's <laughs> back vandal savage apparently who's immortal is dead so i don't know how that's gonna happen uh we're seeing all and, these crazy uh, that, images that that last thing that uh manhunter is seeing when he's in space by himself and he looks all messed up and i don't know if it's like the Something is forming. That's right. Yeah. That that giant face uh, that looks like uh, it's maybe the uh, the White Martians. Remember the White Martians from uh, Oh, from Morrison's run. Old school stuff. Yeah. That would be sick oh, right. to see that come back. Uh, the ones that that made it seem as if they're like the new superheroes on Earth. And uh, well, they didn't know they were White Martians before that, right? Yeah. Batman's yeah. the one that figured that out because everyone else was too fucking stupid. The rest of the Justice League were just <laughs> didn't even realize it. But, um, yeah, um, yeah th also, uh, there was the foreshadowing of that uh, ball of energy, which looked like a falling star uh, at the very beginning. And at the very end, we realized that it's explained that this ball of energy is what Martian Manhunter was feeling was something coming, something bigger uh, beyond what they were dealing with. And uh, essentially, it's like the concentrated energy of what's floating out in space that has been shot out to earth uh because the uh 
source wall has cracked so it's kind of, it's basically hurrying towards earth and they were kind of talking about the justice league was talking about should we shoot a big should we shoot a black hole at it to send it somewhere else or should we let it hit us and i think it fucking hits the earth doesn't it yeah it uh, the the final panel is it landing on earth because the league uh had sort of reasoned that well it's our job to to do you know the the best thing possible and you know, hmm. we don't know what this thing is so it might not be the best thing possible to just Re- send it into yeah. a black hole and get rid of it you know we we have to see what it is because uh it could help him manhunter talks about yeah he he talks about uh you know some sort of prophecy uh, uh that uh I think had to do, yeah. The the prophecy was to do with the uh, the Omega Titans and you know something that would follow uh, their coming, and that this could be uh, this could be a thing that helps solve the problem of uh, the, the hole in the source wall because mm-hmm. the the multiverse is is bleeding and you know eventually. Right now, it's just energy that's being sucked out of the hole in the source wall but eventually it will be it will be planets and then galaxies mm. so it's a problem they need to fix and that it's possible that this thing that's coming could be uh an answer on how to to solve that problem so um they could just really well written for something as crazy as this uh i guess you know i i scott's been talking about it for forever where he's gonna be doing this justice league book and um you know, DC Metal, Dark Knight's Metal, even though there was the Justice League in it, it was very Bat-centered and very Bat-themed. But this is straight up like a Justice League book. And uh, it's pretty sick, man. It, it kind of, it did remind me a little bit of what it felt like to read like Grant Morrison's JLA, um, where Batman isn't the central character, Superman's not the central character, and it's really like the Justice League is kind of uh right now it seems like Martian Manhunter is kind of the shock caller and he's doing a good job of making him front and center in this issue this is a very Martian Martian Manhunter issue yeah, and, and we saw where he was second guessing himself you know the, and having a place with the league yeah. and that you know he he reasoned that you know, for the years he had been gone looking for answers yeah. uh they were they were doing it without him, you know. They were they were getting him by just fine without him. Yeah. But then he we see him come to realize what his place would be. Exactly. And uh, he starts to to actually take on that role of uh, of quarterbacking the Justice League. I love when. Well, Go ahead, Scott. I was gonna say, well, uh, that that was actually ties into the No Justice because um, when at the end of the No Justice, with the, the issue four. They did. <clears throat> the league voted, and they determined that Martian Manhunter should be the because they need a chairman, so to say. So they they elected uh, Martian Manhunter to, to be that chairman, mm-hmm. to kind of be the the leader of the Justice League. That's how uh, that, uh, that's how I took it. Yeah, um, yeah, but uh, <laughs> I I just saw that he he didn't feel like he had earned that place. But yeah. now we see him uh, reconciling that. Well, and even with how no justice was, how um, uh, Earth's heroes always did something to, 
you know, to protect Earth, but it didn't matter if it affected other planets or other galaxies as long as Earth was protected. So I kind of, I got that, definitely got that vibe when they were debating on whether they should stop this comet or this energy ball from hitting Earth or not. What I think uh, Tom brought up earlier, they're talking about um, him uh, firing a weapon that would create a black hole to suck up that energy and shoot it someplace else. That yeah. even back in No Justice, when they um, was it then when they freed all those planets on Kolu? I think it was the Brainiac 2.0 was saying that you know you you Earthlings don't give a shit about anybody else. <laughs> Now that you've freed all these other planets, you know that's going to create uh, a war again. You know, animosity with you know planets that have been um, isolated for centuries are now exposed to a whole different universe, a whole another galaxy that are neighboring planets that they've never seen before, which could cause conflict and war. But you Earthlings don't give a shit because as long as you're okay, you know, basically screw everyone else. So I, it's, I, it's like if it's like if somebody just suddenly opened up a bunch of other pizza places surrounding Giordano. <laughs> yeah, you know what? It, no respect. I mean, <laughs> a bunch of other crappy pizza places. I'm sure, but <laughs> um, Trunkler, what did you like best about this book? I mean, we already talked about the uh, the writing, but. I mean, I, I thought the art was great. Um, yeah, it definitely. <clears throat> like, like we already talked about. I mean, uh, it's not. I mean, DC Metal was great. I mean, I, I enjoyed it, but you know, it, it was. It was almost like it was, kind of talked about how it was supposed to be a team book, but it was really, you know, obviously Batman centered. Um, I think Scott definitely has uh, shown that even with just this issue. You alone, that you know he can he can definitely write a team book that's not Batman centered. I mean, it's hard to think that Snyder can write anything besides Batman because he's done it for what five years with the New Fifty Two. But I mean, I think the writing was smooth. Um, I loved how Lex Luthor was an asshole, um, and then the art and show giving us little showing us little tidbits of other characters we haven't seen before, like in the Hall of Justice, you saw the Firestorm suit, you saw the old Blue Beetle. Um, Sinestro was in his, like, uh, like his first appearance uh, outfit. Um, I think just overall, I mean, it was really good, but the art, I think, really stood out, uh, as well as the writing. Mm. Yeah, the the art was awesome. Um, Very bright uh, art, from uh, Jim Chung, and I think it felt pretty well, like you said, with the uh, the story. I also mm-hmm. love the little callbacks to. It's cool that Snyder gets to now write about like the extended universe, um, with you know all the different characters, not just Gotham anymore. Like he's got to play, he's getting to play with, um, you know, New God stuff and um, Phantom Stranger and Vandal Savage and it's a bunch of cool shit. So I love when they do that stuff. I love seeing uh, characters <laughs> that. Uh, are very much like bigger picture kind of being tossed into the mix and I think that we've been missing that um, the last couple of years from uh, some of the big books in DC so it's cool to see that come back I think Green Lantern did a really cool job of they had like a, a new gods run a couple of years ago I think where it was like 
um, Orion, and I can't remember who else is in it, but they put them, they basically used it as uh, uh, a, a, a Green Lantern kind of uh, storyline to kind of fit them in. But this is cool how they're expanding it to more of like a Justice League type thing. It's cool to see that again. But uh, great first issue. So go ahead. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, I mean, just to piggyback off what you were saying, I mean, uh, we haven't seen Daniel Savage. I mean, he was in a, um, I think, a Superman arc during the New 52, but, you know, a classic character like that, like you said, he's got bigger pictures, not just, you know, like the the Riddler who is trying to rob a bank or, yeah. you know, uh, it's, it's a guy who's got bigger fish to fry, and it's not just what he's doing now, it's what he's been planning yeah. for centuries and what he plans to do centuries from now exactly his actions have uh, widespread implications so it'll be cool to see how um his death or quote-unquote death plays into the uh, the fold basically so um all right so going from a crazy you know over-the-top extended universe book to uh a batman book batman number 48 holy shit man um <laughs> Uh, Robin, you want to take us through a little uh, synopsis of what happened? I mean, there's not that much uh, plot because it takes place in one area. It's just in a church the whole time. And we just get to see Joker be nuts. Yeah, I like these little enclosed stories like that where you get an entire issue is just just one scene happening. And basically the amount of time that it takes you to read the issue is the amount of time it would take for the event to transpire. It's mm-hmm. like how that show 24 worked, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It was each episode was an hour and it was in real time and 24 <laughs> episodes made up, yeah, made up the whole day. But, uh, yeah, uh, as I tweet, I, I tweeted something about this one, uh, earlier after, uh, after reading it, uh, yeah, I, I, just said that this was the most horrifying bachelor party ever. <laughs> uh, so basically, uh, the issue uh, starts off with uh, what I assume is a groom uh, you know, in his tux and everything on his knees in the church uh, saying a prayer. One hell of a prayer, too. And he's yeah. sweating bullets, and you can see every panel in every single panel uh, as he's doing this prayer there are gunshots firing so i think it's uh, one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven on that page there are 11 gunshots that that happen as he's saying this prayer and then when we cut to the splash page on the next one after the gun comes up to the groom's head there's the 12th shot and then what we see has happened is joker has massacred an entire wedding. So he had the whole wedding party in the church. He just took everybody out, with the exception of the bride. He held on to the bride, and we see why that you know, this this was all just to get Batman there, so he could talk about Batman's wedding. He he shows up to a church and massacres a wedding party just to get Batman <laughs> there for a conversation. And it gets even more twisted here with Joker when he he grabs the bride and starts explaining to Batman that, oh, this is my hostage, with holding the gun to her head. And he no sooner finishes explaining that you can't come towards me because then I'll shoot her in the head. 
mm-hmm. nephew just accidentally shoots her in the head. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I mean, really quick, I mean, Mikhail, I mean, the, the Joker in this, I mean, <clears throat> there's panels in here that he just looks so sadistic and evil. I mean, uh, listen, the entire run, the, the artist that they get for Athens, Batman Star and Rebirth has just been phenomenal. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. It's, anyway. uh, <laughs> it, I was saying earlier off air that this whole issue feels like um, if you're like reintroducing the Joker to uh, like a new trilogy or if you're dropping him into a Batman movie, this would be like the perfect introduction right when he's in the middle of doing something extremely fucked up and crazy. And you yeah, just... this, it's like it's equivalent to the introduction of Heath Ledger's Joker in yeah. The Dark Knight. Yeah, yeah, where it's like mm-hmm. you just get him like doing what he's doing, you know, right off the bat. Um, dude, Tom King writes an excellent Joker, man. Holy shit. Yeah, we, we get he, he gives us this goofy, you know, Joker that acts silly, says silly things, but while he's doing really twisted, messed up things. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he looks all, he looks fucking awesome do, uh, while doing it too. Um, yeah. It's like such a classic Joker design. He's like so skinny and like angular and stickly, um, mm-hmm. and he like almost like dances. He doesn't like walk. He kind of like dances around and stuff. And um, he's out of his fucking and, mind. Yeah, like after he kills the bride, he starts talking to the bodies on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> are any of you alive I need a hostage so Batman won't punch me and then looks over at Batman coming towards and says oh no here he comes <laughs> yeah this is gonna hurt yeah um, just like yeah it's it's it was a great issue a great little uh, little cut into uh, just what we've been having we had that booster gold arc I think was right before this right yeah which ended on a fucked up note itself yeah <laughs> so we're getting and if, this was <clears throat> we we didn't even get to the the craziest part after killing all the wedding party, when Batman starts putting a beating on Joker, uh, starts eating Joker's lunch like we just saw Lex do to Vandal Savage. Uh, Joker puts the gun up to Batman's head, and whilst explaining that he's the new hostage, <laughs> and, uh, and pointing out that he has to be careful with this part because he fucked it up last time, he shoots Batman in the head. Yeah. Point blank. Oh, coconuts. Yeah. <laughs> I did it again. <laughs> it's so messed up. Yeah, he, he gives us this goofy, eccentric, flighty Joker, but he's doing really twisted, messed up things while he's being that way. Classic Joker. Um, great art, great story. And it's like, it feels like Tom King's trying to just get his last bit of. Um, psychotic out of the writing before I guess he has to write the wedding issue. Um, but I'm interested, man. It's like how I don't I don't know where he's gonna go with this. I still have like questions about what's gonna happen with that wedding issue, and you know, is it for real? You know, what's what's it gonna yeah. be like? So I and still then, feel like I, I don't feel like we will see a wedding go through. Like I I think we will something horribly messed up will happen. That will stop it. I saw someone post on our Instagram earlier. Um, I can't remember. Oh, it was a. Uh, it was on a. We posted uh, one of the variants for issue fifty, and uh, somebody posted that they said. Oh, it was farts by Dallas. 
And he said, um, I don't think we're still going to get a wedding. He says, I think what happens is they do get, if they do get married, they get married and Joker shows up and he kills Selena. And Batman, like blinded by emotion, uh, takes her body and puts it in a Lazarus pit and she comes back evil. And they end up like getting a divorce. And uh, that's what happens. And it's like, I told them, I think I responded back. I love Bride of Frankenstein and Pet Cemetery. This sounds amazing. So, <laughs> I I just feel like too many people have predicted the the Catwoman death thing for that to yeah. be it. You know, uh, yeah. So it's like, what is going to happen? You know, who knows if like Batman? I don't know, man. I I don't know. It's it's uh, if they let Tom King have this, that's fucking massive. You know. Oh, yeah. so, we'll see how it plays yeah, I think, out. I think that's part of why I don't feel like 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 I'm sure Tom has something much smarter than anything we will ever come up with as our theories. But mm. yeah, I feel like something has to come up and solve it. I don't see it being a Catwoman death thing. I, I would see more something along the lines of. Joker creates a situation, like Joker causes the problem, but he creates a situation where Selina has to save Batman, and to do it, she has to kill somebody or something like that. That just so Batman wouldn't be able to be with her after. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like it has to be something more complex than just she dies. He dies, yeah. Because I yeah. was thinking, um. Yeah, I mentioned it to Tom King and Joel Jones at C2E2 that, um, that, you know, back in April, that uh, for some reason, I don't know, I, I said, you know, the wedding, I, I didn't think the wedding was going to happen. I told them, you know, one of my theories, um, and of course it had Catwoman die. But um, back with the, what was it, the uh, rules of engagement? when they went to go see Talia, Al Ghul and Talia and Selena had that sword fight. At one point, Talia is sitting next to Bruce or you know, Batman and says like, I, I don't remember word for word, but she says something like, do you, do you love her? Or, you know, is, are you sure she's the one? And Batman said, yes. So I thought, okay, well, what if that woman died? But then Talia, you know, he brings he goes back to, the rules of engagement, Talia puts Selena in the Lazarus pit because even though she sees that herself is the only true suitor for Bruce, you know, she knows now that Bruce does love Selena, not Talia. So to make her suitor, you know, the father of her son happy was is to bring her back. And then I'm not, you know, I really didn't put too much thought in after that and what happened but um i don't see the but <clears throat> i don't see the wedding happening but like as robin was saying it just seems too too easy just to kill her off or mm. presume dead yeah and especially since the same day that the wedding issue comes out issue 50 catwoman number 1 comes out and if you read the solicitation for for the first issue of that series, it it doesn't sound like the story of a of a newly married woman. Yeah. Mm. Um. Very nice. 
what's up next? Uh, what do we do after this? Uh, oh, the prelude to the wedding. Um, Nightwing versus uh, Shush, I believe. Nightwing versus Shush. Um, this was a Pinteresting issue because halfway through, I was like, "What the f- yeah fuck is, is, is going?" On? Same thing. I'm like, "Wait a minute, they Superman, Nightwing, and Batman, or you know, Superman and Nightwing take Batman out of a bachelor party, but they really, really go with, to with robot with a, robot Superman." Yeah, yeah, robot chauffeur Superman. Robot sex doll Superman. Robot <laughs> but 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 they they take him for his bachelor party. They take him to the Batburger place, uh-huh. and all of a sudden, like you said, like Superman flies away to go do something, or you know, there's an emergency, so he flies. Shush jumps out of nowhere and blows up their limo. Well, before which, yeah, before that, they uh, who's is it is it Superman? Who is the one that describes the gateway to like a like a like. My, like quarter mile by whatever, like slice of universe that they can go in fishing on. Who who talks about that? Superman. Superman. Right. He says this is a lightning door. I use them to access other worlds in the multiverse when necessary. Who? Why does Superman have that power? Like, why does that is so? That's irresponsible. <laughs> well, and can't he fly from Earth to? You know, another galaxy in, like, no time flat. Why does he need like, this door to get there even quicker? Well, I guess it's like, it's Trunkler. Would you like to take the stairs, or would you rather take the escalator? Oh, escalator. Right. Well, there you the, go. The, the, <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is going to, like, this isn't just taking them to another part of Earth, though. It's a different, uh, like different it, dimension it's, universe. It's to go to, yeah, to a, a pocket universe. Yeah. yeah, that was, like, a half a mile uh you know it was only half a mile so it was basically just this lake so there would be nothing else around no no one else yeah so so they uh they open the doorway to that and as they are talking about what they're going to do after bat burger um which is funny because at bat burger did you guys notice condiment king getting condiments in the background yeah that was awesome <laughs> and uh and carrie kelly yeah, Kelly sitting there. Say nice <laughs> costumes. Um, but uh, they open the gateway because they're talking about fishing or whatever, and then Superman's distracted by a crime and he flies away. We later learn that Hush had set the whole thing up to get Superman out of there, and then uh, the fucking Big Lebowski comes through the portal. Yeah, like the dude, the, the dude, the dude comes through the portal, being like, "Hey, what's up, guys?" Like, like, oh man, I love this part of the multiverse. Like, no one does shit here. Like, we just fish and relax, and it's like the upside down where it's like trap souls. But I like it here, man. I'm the only one that does. And uh, he's wearing a robe, and he's got like glasses and a trucker hat. He's got like stains on his shirt and shit. <laughs> and so this, I remember reading this. I'm like, is this is this a Big Lebowski like crossover? What is going on? Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> but um, but yeah, then it, it, they Nightwing and Hush get like tripped up into that universe and they start fighting, and then they have to kind of team up because these upside down type like spirits and ghosts start fighting against them, um, and and that's when they they realize that like they got to break, you know, they got to break away, break through. 
and it just gets crazier because I remember thinking like I'm reading this I'm like oh my god okay and then like Dick Grayson's like oh we gotta go to we gotta like figure out where to go so they go to like the upside down version of Wayne Manor and then when they get to Wayne Manor that's when Dick Grayson like basically starts talking smacked hush being like you're so pathetic like the rest of us you know we're close to Bruce and we're our own people and we're our own individuals and he inspires us to be something better but all you've ever wanted to do is all you've ever wanted to be is is be Bruce. You know, you've always wanted to steal his identity or be him. And then Hush is like, yes. And that's why I've realized the only way to get as close as I can to Bruce is to become more like you guys. I swear, I'm like, I thought this guy's going to like, <laughs> like he starts unwrap. He starts like explaining that he's going to reveal something to Dick Grayson. I'm like, well, this is going weird. I don't know where this is going to go. I hope he keeps his pants on. We don't see that he surgically altered himself in a different way. <laughs> Where he's like, I've copied the oh. exact replications of Bruce Wayne's, uh, not another regions, but he takes the bandage off and he shows that Tommy Elliott, who is a surgeon, has basically like taken Dick Grayson's likeness, right, um, mm-hmm. and turned basically <laughs> turned himself into Dick Grayson, uh, a la um, uh, what's her name, uh, Kylie Jenner, basically. Where it's like a Kylie Jenner before, Kylie Jenner after, where they're two completely different people. And, uh, but just an insane, crazy, weird issue. Um, basically, as they're fighting, that's when, you know, they're fighting, and then, and then, uh, the, the, the upside down people are grabbing at Hush and pulling him away. And then Hush screams, like, take my hand, help me. And that's when Batman pulls him out and they leave him out there. And that's basically what happens to Hush. She gets stuck in the upside down. It seems like. And uh, what a what a bachelor party, man! <laughs> crazy, we'll crazy. Do a limo and got rid of Hush. Yeah. So I, I was I, I remember like reading it and I'm like, I was like, did I just dream that this happened? What is going on? <laughs> so it started out crazy, but I did like the part where they spin it at the end, where it, that would totally make sense. Hush is so crazy out of his mind. And he is pissed off at Bruce for basically stealing his wealth, and he wanted to be just like Bruce Wayne, an orphan with a bunch of money. And then the whole thing of revealing that he's altered himself to look like Dick Grayson, and I'm like, that is definitely something Hush would probably do. So that's yeah. Cool. Well, and then he was bitching at Dick Grayson, like, why were you at your, why were you at the bachelor party and I wasn't? Yeah. I should be the best man at the wedding. Yeah. And then after you know Bruce pulls Dick out, diggity. What? Um, <laughs> huh? Oh, uh, and then they're sitting there. Uh, Bruce and Dick are talking about, uh, you know, wanting to. Uh, you know, Dick was like, "Am I gonna be your best man?" Yeah. Ah, fuck off, dude. <laughs> I love at the very <laughs> end, um, where it's ex- it's showing. Uh, uh, is it Dick that calls Batgirl, and they show Batgirl talking, and then um, it cuts to the very end. It shows the Riddler. <laughs> And you see the yeah. scene surrounding Riddler is very similar to the scene in Batman where the Joker was in the cathedral and uh, all the Riddler henchmen are just like hacked up, you know, all dead around him. It's pretty sweet. Um, which And kind of... uh, it, it also it's also similar to the last wedding prelude issue where Roz shows up back at his place and finds that Joker had massacred all of... Uh, mm. All of his assassins. Yeah, Joker needs to calm down. He's he's really doing too much, if you ask me. <laughs> then he um, writes in Blood Wars, my imitation. <laughs> yeah, always about him. Well, that's kind of like 
what was that the uh the, the dc special that the one where the DC. joker what went to the one that was 25 cents dc nation that's, yeah yeah that's one that, that issue's the one where the joker just goes to some random guy's house yeah to wait for wedding invitation yeah because yeah. the guy's gonna get one <laughs> um yeah so crazy weird issue but the art was awesome um was it Travis Moore did the art on this? It was a badass. Tim Seeley. Is Tim Seeley writing all of these? Yeah, I believe so because he wrote the last one as well. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I liked uh, – <laughs> I really want to – we should talk to this guy and be like, dude, what the fuck were you doing? Like, that was so out there. <laughs> so nutty. It seemed it was like a Doctor Who episode almost. <laughs> Doctor Who Batman. But um, it was cool, man. The art was awesome. I liked the part that, uh, like we mentioned, the, the Hush stuff was cool. It was cool to see Hush. Um, that's always awesome and uh, it was nice to tie it together with the other things that are happening in Batman and uh, never bad having another Batman book Um, I'm interested to see uh, like you said the Batgirl and the Riddler one what's the other one the last one there's four Uh, of them right Joker versus Joker versus Harley is coming oh wow Uh, uh, actually let me grab the card here yeah I think it was four it's all listed on yeah, so we already got Damien. Uh, Robin versus Rob. Oh, there's a Red Hood one. Uh, now Nightwing versus Hush. Yeah, next is Batgirl Riddler, then Red Hood Anarchy, and then Harley and Joker. The Red Hood one should be pretty cool. Um, Batty Night. Yeah, this, that's when we were like, how come Tim didn't get his own? And then uh, someone was like, you think Harley's going to sell more or you think Tim Dick's going to sell more? And I was like, how dare you? <laughs> but uh, yeah, all right, cool. Tim is busy uh, time copping all over the place. Yeah, what a dick. Uh, Man of Steel? Is that what we got next? Yeah, I suppose. Yep. Man of Steel. Um, cool issue once again. And there was also like a, a compendium of different artists that did the art on this one, right? I think I saw that it was kind of broken up from yeah. pages. It wasn't exactly the yeah, same like dude. Doc Shanner, Steve Rude. And uh, our buddy uh, Jason Fabic. Jason Fabic. Um, quick little uh, plot synopsis. Bad guy shown in uh, the Action Comics um, special, as well as the Man of Steel issue number one, um, is back. And his name is... I can't ever pronounce it correctly. What's his name here? Rogol... Rogol something. Rogol Zar. Rogol Yeah. Um, so this dude apparently is some crazy war champion, war hero, and uh, has a connection to the Guardians as well as a different group of, um, uni- you know, different group of multiverse, universe protectors. And he states uh, in the last issue that he's going to, was it in the uh, last, the first issue where he states he's going to cleanse Krypton, right? Of yeah. uh, whatever yeah. they are, yeah. And it doesn't explain if he yeah, actually well, did that, and it just shows Krypton explode. So that's yeah, what... Yeah, because in the first issue, he had uh, he had asked for permission to wage war on Krypton because he thought they needed to be stopped because their people were you know, going out to other planets and you know collecting resources from other places, and he felt that they were uh, sort of marauding these other planets and needed to be stopped. Yeah. Um, so then the Guardians, well, the Guardian is, uh, looking for him, wondering, I wonder if this guy actually wiped out all of the Kryptonians before, you know, it blew up. Uh, 
Um, cuts back over to the Daily Planet. And I like how they do this. They're basically talking about Lois Lane isn't in Metropolis. She's not at the Daily Planet. Where the hell is she? Uh, because in the Superman story and the action comics, we see that um, Lois is actually living on a farm with John, Superman, her, her kid with Superman. And that's kind of her new life out there. She's not really doing the reporter thing anymore. So this actually is nice to see that uh, Bendis is kind of uh, addressing that. There's going to be people at the Daily Planet. They're going to be like, where the hell is Lois Lane? What happened? Why is Clark Kent here and why is she not? Um, and from my understanding, as I was reading, I think it was uh, he's doing that to keep them both safe, right? I think he's keeping them out of harm's way by keeping them at the Kent farm. I don't know if he's in the Kent farm. He's keeping them at the farm so that way they can't, they, they're they not, uh, they're not in danger from everything that was going on. Because if we back it up, uh, this Superman, the uh, post-rebirth Superman is not the new 52 Superman. The new 52 Superman died fighting a bad guy. And uh, through the Convergence storyline, uh, the... Um, original the pre-52 superman escaped from that timeline and he jumped into ours and he jumped over to our earth and he was kind of playing a, a watchful protector and not really getting involved but he was seeing you know superman go through all this stuff then superman dies and then he takes up the mantle as superman now so um kind of a little confusing but i think bendis is doing his job to smooth it out um and then uh Anybody else want to take it? Um, that's when Superman goes and he fights Toy Man, being a dick. Uh, and <laughs> I like. Yes, he does. I like how um, Bendis is writing other League members or other uh, like major Justice League members as like a big deal showing up in his book. So mm-hmm. like Green Lantern showing up, it's not like Green Lantern was just there and they talk. Like he does like an intro for Green Lantern. Like it's a cool, de- it's a cool big deal that Green Lantern's showing up in a Superman book. Um, felt really classic, like that a lot. And um, yeah, then then it cuts over to uh, how the first issue ended, where we see this like ship or this face or something kind of attacking uh, uh, Clark and Lois and John, and we learn uh, a little bit about that, I guess. Um, because Superman, he like basically sh- like takes it and shoots it at the moon. Is that what he does? I think he flew it. Did he fly? Because there's a red streak, so I assumed that yeah. he was he, like, flying it. it into the moon and yeah, and smashing it and making this big crater. Yeah. This uh, is this is uh, this is pre Justice League One, where Batman's already blown the moon out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. is, so, you know, <laughs> earlier in the timeline, if, if you want to call it that. And this is uh, where, um, I don't know what the hell happened in this sense. Like, is he having, like, a flashback? Is he having, like, a vision of what is going on? Yeah, yeah, because uh, after that explosion, we see him sitting in a crater, and then, for some reason, here's Ambush Bug. Yeah. And then I think the bug is telling the story to somebody at a bar. Um, yeah. Basically the story of Superman. And uh, who he is and what happened. Um, and I guess where to find him. And as he's uh, kind of coming to, Superman flies back and sees that another, burning build- another building in Metropolis is burning. 
which kind of uh, adds on to his theory that it's arson and it's being uh, done on purpose. Um, yeah. And uh, as that happens, uh, cuts back over to the Daily Planet and it shows uh, Perry White um, basically having a meltdown because he's realizing that the paper's going down the tubes. They don't. It doesn't matter what kind of story they run. It doesn't matter. They're gonna. They're gonna lose the paper. And then this bitchy gossip column lady. Um, decides that <laughs> they're gonna turn uh, they're gonna turn what do you call it uh, the Daily Planet into a gossip mag because she goes we have to run the best story that we have like where is Lois Lane what happened to Lois Lane almost like I got this feeling like she was almost alluding to like did did Clark Kent murder his wife and like hide her body or something <laughs> like I got this uh, image of um, like Melania Trump not being anywhere in public lately and no one knowing where she is. <laughs> Or, like, the head of Scientology, Dave Miscavige, like, his wife has not been seen since, like, 2005. And, like, no one knows where she is or what happened. So this this chick is, like, just in Perry White's office in front of Clark and being, like, we got to talk about where Lois Lane went. Like, this is a huge story. Um, very interesting. And then we see the dude that uh, uh, was uh, getting the info on where um, Superman was showing up in this uh, cycle that he's got. But this is not the same dude that we saw at the beginning of the issue, is it? And I like also... Uh, the... I... the guy on the motorcycle... Were you talking guy. about... Yeah, on the... Uh, I think... I think that's Rogalzar. Is it? Yeah, I think so. Just in a badass motorcycle with a huge giant axe? So is he yeah, wearing like a mask? Oh, it is, because he's, he's got the beard coming out. That's a fucking helmet that he's yeah. wearing. So he on on this motorcycle he seems like half Rogalzar and half Lobo. Yeah, so he's flying. Yeah. You can tell he's flying through the universe because he's like on this uh, on this chopper with the axe on his back, and he's on his way to go beat Superman's ass. It's awesome in the background how they're showing like what's happening in I don't know if it's Metropolis, but they're showing like yeah. the, on the TV in the background they're showing the Joker like in a monster truck <laughs> with gas coming out behind his. Uh, Car, thought that was pretty. Just running awesome. over cars. Yeah, dope. <laughs> and like, the cars are. You just see the car fly away. Yeah. <laughs> and I look at Perry say, "How can we compete with this yeah. live? That guy's gonna kill someone on live TV." <laughs> but um, it's interesting. I like what Bandis is doing. Um, I find it Pinteresting, and I, it's it's curious to see where he's going with it. There's some moments in this book where I love it, like. Green Lantern's yeah. showing up, the interaction he has with Superman. Uh, the art, the art's pretty cool, even though it's kind of jumping around a bit from artist to artist. But um, feels like a wholesome Superman book. But at the same time, they're addressing some very important, obvious things. Like, where does everybody else think that Lois Lane went? Shit like that. You know, like when Damien died, I don't think anyone really touched on uh, where where did Damien Wayne go when he was just here the other day? And oh, by the way, didn't Robin die? That's kind of weird, though, that like you can't see Damien anymore. Well, there, there was a thing happening after Damien died. I remember he had been uh, Boarding school. getting tutored in yeah. something by uh, Carrie Kelly. Yeah. And when he died, uh, Bruce had to start covering for for Damien not being there. That's right. You know, making up stories because she she was coming around and asking why you know why they weren't tutoring anymore. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. It's it's not often that. Uh, someone disappears and you see effects 
in the world happen. Yeah, you see someone address it. So I'm interested. I'm still going to be pulling it. I'm going to be pulling uh, Man of Steel, and then that's going to lead into Superman. And um, this is issue two, right? There's two more after this. Uh, that's right. Okay. Similar it's, to No uh, Justice. Uh, it's a nice way of people jumping on. Yeah. Okay. See, I didn't know that this was only going to be. Uh, I forgot this was going to be six issues, and then I heard it was, it was weekly. I thought, oh shit, you know, that's <laughs> that's a tall order yeah. for any artist writer to do a weekly fucking book. Then I saw that when I read issue two, I realized it was uh, a six issue mini series. Yeah, which I guess I, which leads into action. I'm not sure if they're gonna do. Yeah, I, I, now Bendis has taken over action. And Superman. And Superman. Okay. Yeah, he's doing both. And I think he, on Twitter today, he I think someone was, like, uh, commenting or giving him props for a part of this book that they liked. And he said, oh, if you like that, then you're going to like action comics. That'll be your book. So he's pretty much differentiating between – there will be difference between Superman and action comics. He's going to probably be focusing on two different things for those books. Uh, similar to how it was being done with Jurgens and then uh, Tomasi and Gleason, you know, um, Jurgens was kind of making it like a intergalactic Superman story, whereas Tomasi and uh, Gleason were doing it more of like his interpersonal relationships. Um, Bendis may be continuing on with that kind of flavor. So, but uh, hmm. what was next on the old agenda? I think Deathstroke, right? Yeah, we can head on to Deathstroke next. Then, uh, have you guys read this issue? I have not. But it is... Um, I have not, but I'm through with. Three, is it uh, the third issue of the little crossover event with Batman? Yeah, it's a, yeah I- issue three of Batman vs. Deathstroke. Uh, clip this out. Uh, do you guys even want to... Do you want me to just gloss over that it's continuing the stuff so it's not spoiled for you guys reading it? No, I, I don't care. Yeah, no, go for it. Just, yeah. Just so this continuing this continuing what we've seen in the previous two issues where uh, Batman was left with this envelope with paternity test results oh, sure. that showed that Slade Wilson, not Bruce Wayne, was the father of Damian Wayne. Would have liked to see like he do a little Maury dance, like where he realizes that he's <laughs> he hops up and he starts like crip, starts crip walking and like doing a backflip and shit. <laughs> Bruce Wayne, you are not the father. Yeah. Oh, oh shit! And then he like he packs up like he makes Alfred pack up all Damien's shit and like throw it outside on the curb. <laughs> and then that's how I would have written it. Years, five years from now, we've gotten to another arc where you know it, it gets to the point where it's like those old Maury episodes where a girl would be on Maury for like the fifth time. Oh God! Bringing another guy on that should like okay. This time for sure, I know this guy is the father. You are not the father. <laughs> There's, I remember how many guys did you bang? <laughs> and within like, like within like an eight week period. And then it's, I, I love how like there's one episode where they did that and like you know the girl runs in the back and she sits on the couch in the green room is like bawling and then Mari's got to go back there and console her and he's like listen <laughs> we're gonna be with you on this thing okay even if we have to test a hundred guys and it's like Jesus Christ Mari you <laughs> dick a hundred guys you could have just said until it takes whatever it takes you don't have to put a number on it god well slut shaming maybe maybe he has earned a little sass if his if his show 
is flipping the bill for all of these paternity tests. <laughs> yeah, he's like, he's like, listen, honey, you can't stop now. You have any idea how high your ratings are right now? This is amazing for us. Or does he get mad, like off camera? He's like, you're embarrassing me. You told me for sure that you had the right guy this time. <laughs> Dude, I want to know what that guy thinks about his own show. He's got to be at some point be like, you know, it's got it's gotten out of my hand. It is what it is, and. I get a paycheck every week, so what am I going to say? You know? Connie Chung dancing on a piano kind of thing. That was weird. He had her on his show dancing on a piano once. Yeah, he, was, he, was, Chung. he wasn't getting hurt. Like, uh, was it Geraldo Rivera had, like, white supremacists on the show and he got hit with a chair or something? <laughs> what a douche. <laughs> Geraldo Rivera deserves everything that happens to him. <laughs> every chair. For him. Such a anyway, Deathstroke and Batman. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we do go off on tangents. So, uh, yeah. yeah, Bruce had been uh, given these papers saying that Slade was Damien's baby daddy. So Bruce went and confronted Slade. Slade immediately said, no, that's bullshit. Someone's fucking with you. Uh, Bruce wanted, understandably, he wanted to, to get to the bottom of things and requested that Slade work with him and, and figure this shit out. Slade said, no, you know, I got shit to do. I've got contracts and whatnot that I've got to take care of. And Batman just uh, said, well, basically he's going to insert himself in the way and he's going to shut down every contract that uh, that Slade has. You know, he's going to disrupt everything. He's going to stop every kill. And Deathstroke is closed for business until he helps him figure out the situation with Damien. So basically this issue we see that's continuing. Uh, leaving off from the last issue, Deathstroke is still hanging out with, uh, with Talia. Uh, sort of you know, we get the drift that he's trying to fish for what Talia knows about this whole thing while they're together. And Bruce is still with... Uh, Damn, what's her name? Slade's uh, Slade's ex-wife, the one that trained him. I always forget her name. But uh, Bruce is undercover with her, while Slade is with uh, is with Talia. Hmm. So, um, where are we going? One of the my favorite thing of this issue is we get a flashback uh, while Slade's ex-wife is talking to Bruce about how she created this this monster that is Deathstroke by uh, moving him up to be in line for this, uh, this super soldier program. Uh, while she's mm-hmm. talking about how she's created this monster, we see Bruce have a flashback of going back to the Morrison Batman run when Damien was first dropped in his lap and where he's... Mm. Uh, squaring off with Damien so we see the the part where Batman shouts at Damien you know because Damien's being his prickish self uh, thinking he's gonna run <laughs> he's gonna run the Batcave we see the moment where Bruce yells at him uh, until then boy patience is a virtue and you know, breaks Damien <laughs> it's the first time Damien says yes father and then when when Batman exits the room the door locks <laughs> like he's locked up <laughs> in his room. <laughs> oh, so shit. basically, uh, the gist of the issue is, is you know, 
we're seeing all of this continue. Deathstroke's trying to continue doing business, and Bruce is continuing to uh, to insert himself in the way. And while this is going on, we get uh, another look at uh, Alfred in his travels, where he is uh, communicating with uh, Billy Wintergreen. Uh, but uh, Alfred hits the problem in this one where he's at a hotel, he's uh, checking in for a room. And the lady at the counter tells him that the card is declined. You know, he's using presumably one of Bruce Wayne's cards. And he's told that, uh, that the card is, has been declined. And while he's requesting that she try it again, she tells him that, you know, I've, I've tried it several times and, and it's just... It's, it's being declined. And also, there's some police here to talk to you. Mm. So something's going down there, and what we see at the, at the end of the issue is uh, Commissioner Gordon is being uh, given a search warrant for Bruce Wayne. And yeah. uh, it says that all of Bruce Wayne's assets have been frozen. What? Damn. Damn. So some shit is going on, and uh, the issue ends with, uh, through the first couple, we saw the flashbacks of uh, what I assume is Tim, uh, dressed as Robin, is sort of talking to a camera. Uh, he had been giving you know, uh, sort of a, a recollection of his life with Bruce, you know, talking about how Bruce is, how Batman is. And in the end of this one, he's you see that he's talking to Damien, you know, like this he's talking into a camera, but he's talk he's speaking to Damien. And uh, he's saying, you know, I, I don't know what you know, maybe you know this, maybe you don't, maybe you're you maybe you're a part of this scam, maybe you aren't. Uh, I know who your mom is, I know who your grandfather is, and I know who your real dad is which tells me everything I need to know about you. Damn. And then we no. see Damien uh, watching this video uh, on uh, on his phone. He's got one of those fucking fidget spinners in his hand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that was included. Damien's got a little purple fidget spinner, but... That's awesome. There we have it. <laughs> Little lady defuck. <laughs> but yeah, um, that's that. so some shit is going down. Uh... I, I don't feel like a, the Deathstroke title is where we would see a major change to canon where yeah. something is, like, you know, we find out Bruce isn't really Damien's father. I feel like if yeah. if that were ever going to be revealed, it would happen in the pages of Batman, not in the pages of yeah, Deathstroke, yeah. but some shit is clearly going down here, so... Well, or, or if it did, if it did, it would be for just like one issue or something, yeah. and it would like show really what happened. It's kind of like I like to think that it's like if a if the world heavyweight title or if the WWE title were to change hands, they wouldn't do it on like a Raw or like a SmackDown. They would probably do it on like a pay per view event. Yeah. But should should the title change hands during a <laughs> Raw or a SmackDown, it may be only for that one week, and then we realize that you know the title or the fight was null and void. You know, Earl Hebner wasn't counting appropriately. You know, or someone wasn't even, calling. Even like the even like the odd time where a title has changed hands at a house show. Exactly. But then at yes. the next house show, it has changed back. 
Yeah. So then most yeah, of yeah, the yeah. world isn't even aware that it happened. <laughs> yeah. Or you have a situation kind of like the Montreal screw job where uh you know like uh, a change in canon is promised in the pages of Deathstroke everyone including the writers is assuming that it's going to happen last minute you know one of the editors doesn't let it happen and then Bret Hart ends up spitting in Vince McMahon's face um <laughs> we don't want that so well yeah and also i mean to have something like that like this like a drastic change it, to me, they're not really, it's not like promoted. Like what you guys are talking about, you know? It's not, it'd be like. Um, solicited, yeah, there's, we like, didn't really see it anywhere. No, I mean, it'd be like Dude Love falling backwards into a title. Or, uh, <laughs> you know. Dude Love. <laughs> Cactus Jack coming back and we didn't even know about it. Come on, please. We would have heard about it. But, I mean, you know, there's, I mean, they, 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 there was a little bit of promotion before issue one came out. But then. You know, there's not real. You know, I haven't seen anything real promoting this this art. Sure, but cool nonetheless. I mean, oh, it's, uh, the art was awesome, dude. This was a crazy heavy week, man. Yeah, and was, and was, there's there's other stuff we could get to as well. There's uh, Nightwing forty five, uh, Injustice two is out, Green Lanterns. Uh, Harley Quinn, and also I, I haven't looked much into this yet. But uh, what I think is the final of the New Age of DC Heroes books uh, starts this week. Uh, the Unexpected. Mm. Mm. I saw some pretty cool stuff. Uh, I heard of some cool stuff in Damage happening um, that made me want to go read it. Mm. Um, mainly because it pissed people off. So, <laughs> you know what's interesting? Always... Uh, the the series, the Silencer. Uh, okay. I I keep seeing that Deathstroke's in that, so that uh, uh. that makes me sort of interested in that too. Sorry, I uh, I cut you off. No, 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 yeah, yeah. Very similar. Damage had I think Poison Ivy in it. Yeah. So that kicked up some uh, some dirt. No pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah. Great week for DC Comic Books. Uh, if you guys are uh, heading to your shop, make sure to go grab all the ones we talked about tonight and then let us know if there's anything. Yeah, if you guys are listening to this and we're not talking about a book that you are reading or that you want to hear and you feel like we're neglecting it or that we really need to hop on and, and read it, let us know because um, we don't want to miss anything. I mean, it's almost impossible to cover every book in uh, this format, but uh, if there's something that we should be doing, let us know and we'll start covering it. And um, on on that same note, uh, with uh, with all the guest episodes we do, if there's someone that you think we should uh, have on the show for a chat, uh, you know, start throwing messages at us and uh, tell us who you want to hear on the show, and we'll look into getting them on. Yeah, start throwing messages at them too on Twitter. Um, yeah, okay. you know, at at creators at Twitter, be like, hey, I really want to hear you on Pet Force Radio or whatever, because. Um, We've we love seeing that we love seeing when people talk about the, like in the creators and I saw when someone just comment about Brian Hill's interview, and uh, we've seen a bunch of people comment about the Sean Murphy interview. Um, yeah, that that, that goes sh- a long way too because I I think uh, a lot of writers don't realize if they haven't done podcasts before I don't think they realize the impact that it can have. Uh, I, I'm sure we've all heard from from previous guests that. They've been uh, at a con after having done the show, and you know, 
Uh, it's happened to uh, to Tom King and Scott Snyder, and you know people have gone to them at cons and said, "Hey, I heard you on Bat Force Radio. That was really good. That was a really great interview." Mm. So if yeah. if they haven't uh, <laughs> done a show like that before, then you know they I maybe they they don't realize that impact. You know, like how, how much people would enjoy hearing them on a show talking for a while. So yeah, if if you want to hear people do the show, yeah, get in their face about it. Very nice. Um, Robin, your question's been answered, man. Yeah, I, I don't know. What, what are we going to ask this time? Um, where the fuck is the Bad Force Times? <clears throat> he's getting his uh, AC unit fixed. Too yep. bad Trucks is all the way in Chicago or he would have ran, ran his ass over and fixed it for him. But Oh, yeah. Been cheaper, too. That's uh, Exactly. Yeah, you probably would have <laughs> uh, known exactly what was wrong. Yep, it was lug nut. Fixed it. <laughs> You're out of uh, but, um, Johnson Rod Oil. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, pretty much does it for all the books over here on Bad Force Radio. If you guys haven't listened to some of the awesome interviews that we've done, like we mentioned, just had Libra Mayho on. Before that, we had Brian Edward Hill, the new detective comics writer. Before that, we had um, Sean Gordon Murphy. And we're working on getting some more in the future. So we're... Uh, we're not stopping anytime soon. If you guys have any other ideas, like Robin said, on guests, let us know. And, uh, you know, drop us a line over on Twitter or hit us up on uh, Instagram, at the Bat Force on Instagram, at the underscore Bat Force on Twitter. And uh, we'll catch you guys uh, on the flippity flop. Later. <laughs> Later. Later's on the minute. <laughs> <Hey. laughs>